So it's been doubled in just uh, one year, and especially in the existing uh, buildings. We're seeing the most significant increase in BREEAM certificates. We should really keep an eye on these different certification labels to see how ambitious we are going to be as a society to be sustainable. Hello there and welcome to the podcast No Stone Unturned from Savills. In this podcast we will tell you all about real estate and ESG in the Netherlands. What are the latest developments in ESG? And what do you really need to know before investing in Dutch real estate? Listening to this podcast allows you to become a real frontrunner. I am Charlotte Harmsen and in this episode I'm going to talk about REAM certificates and the importance of investing in sustainable real estate. My guest is Peter Gabriels, project manager at the Dutch Green Building Council, the administrator of REAM certificates in the Netherlands. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you very much. First, I want to start with a personal question, uh, or yeah, how personal is it, but how sustainable is your own office, so the office of the Dutch Green Building Council? Um, I would say it's it's quite a sustainable building. Um, we're located in, in The Hague, uh, very close to uh, The Hague Central Station, and it's an office building built in the 1920s, uh, so it's quite a historical building actually. Um, and um, it's been renovated in 2014, I believe, and um, it's been... Uh, made more sustainable as well by then. Um, so they lower the energy consumption and uh, we've checked this with our Paris proof uh, number as well, of course. Um, and, and we saw that it is actually more sustainable than other office buildings in the same uh, build here. So um, we, we can say that it is quite a uh, sustainable building. It has an energy label A and uh, it's BREEAM certified. I can imagine for you it's important to practice what you preach, right? If you give out the BREEAM certificates, you cannot really be located in an unsustainable office building. Absolutely. And how important is sustainability in the environment for you personally? Um, yeah, for me, it's uh, part of my daily daily life, actually. Um, so professionally, I've been working in sustainable business for over five, five years now. And um, uh, yeah, before uh, I was working at the Dutch Green Building Council, I've made a yeah, quite a long trip to uh, Southeast Australia and uh, Southeast Asia. Um, and then I saw this incredible nature, um, but I also saw the, the, the backdrop of, of nature. So when I came back to the Netherlands and I was diving in the Great Barrier Reef when I was in Australia, when I was back in the Netherlands, I saw that um, yeah, the, the Nino um, part uh, was destroying the, 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 the coral, uh, actually, the, the coral reefs. Um, so that's, that was really... Uh, upsetting. Yeah, upsetting. And um, also when I was in Southeast Asia, I've... I've done a meditation course. Maybe it sounds a bit uh, high over, but um, when you're in a meditation course for over 10, 10 days, uh, everything is really clear for you. Um, and then, yeah, I really had the mindset, okay, the way we are um, yeah, de destroying the planet at the moment or um, making not the right use of it, um, I will commit myself to making society more sustainable. And yeah, that, that's what I did actually. In your personal and in your professional uh, yes, career. Absolutely. And this uh, meditation course was like a silent uh, retreat? Yes, a silent oh, yeah, retreat. That's <laughs> like my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it was very confronting because uh, yeah, it's all a mind mind game in that case uh, because you don't have any distractions. So um, after a couple of days you get into it, but the first couple of days are really confronting uh, for yourself. But you did find your purpose. Yes, yeah, that's the most important thing, I believe. And um, yeah, I, it still helps me today um, just not to be distracted by other uh, yeah, just distractions in daily life, but keep, 
keep your focus and um, yeah, stay stay humble as well. And then you started working at uh, at Bream uh, or the Dutch Green Building Council when you came back to the Netherlands and um, yeah, best known maybe for the Bream uh, certification. But of course, there's also a lot of other good work that you're doing with your organization. Uh, but today we're talking about certification because it's an important pa- uh, part of. Uh, yeah, investors in the built environment reaching their ESG targets. Um, how is Bream doing in the Netherlands? Uh, quite good, actually. Um, yeah, so we just finished the 2021 year. And um, yeah, we've seen actually a, a double um, by the amount of Bream certificates last year. Um, so Compared to compared 2020? To, yeah, yeah. So it's been doubled in just uh, one year. Um, and especially in the existing uh, buildings, um, we're seeing the most significant increase in uh, BREEAM certificates. Um, also because we have launched a new BREEAM, BREEAM scheme uh, last January for residential uh, buildings, um, for existing residential buildings. So uh, this was actually the first year that uh, large portfolios have been certified with this uh, new scheme as well. Uh, but also for commercial buildings, um, the yeah, it has been doubled the amount of uh, BREEAM certificates. And that's uh, not only focused on the office buildings, of course, but also other commercial sectors, right? Absolutely. Yeah, retail is uh, quite a big sector for Bremen own use. Um, uh, the, the hotel sector is gaining more significant uh, increase in uh, Bremen certificates, but also the educational sector. Um, or the public sector. Yeah, yeah. The public sector. Yeah. And if you look at um, an international perspective, how is the Netherlands doing compared to other countries in terms of certification? I do not have the exact numbers, uh, to be honest, but um, what we're hearing from international investors as well is that they really see that the Netherlands um, has uh, the sustainability uh, and ESG performances high up on the agenda. Uh, so they really choose to yeah, make sure that all their uh, assets in the Netherlands are at least being certified. Um, they don't put an exact, exact qualification um, yet, but they want to start with, okay, let's certify first and then increase the sustainability performances. Um, but uh, when we compare it to other uh, countries, we do see that the Netherlands is um, yeah, one of the front runners. And what does it mean uh, to have your, your real estate BREEAM certified uh, when investing in real estate in the Netherlands? Well, it shows that you are future-proof actually. And um, on the one hand, we will conquer more or occur, there will be occurring more effects on climate change. So we've seen last year already with the drought, with the, the floodings, uh, for example, in Limburg, that there's a real chance of damage of, of your building. So um, it makes your building more future-proof if it's, if it's uh, sustainable. Perhaps you have green roofs or maybe you have some other uh, measures done to uh, capture, to store the, the rainfall water. But it's also making sure that you maintain your value. And ex- actually, uh, last year, there's been some uh, studies uh, made some studies about what's the actual financial value uh, of sustainable real estate. Yeah, also by Savills. By Savills, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, and it shows actually that there is a positive correlation between the, the value of the building and when it's more sustainable. So that's a very good uh, development in my opinion. And also, of course, a very important factor in yeah the rise of ESG uh, in real estate is that uh, investors have to align to the EU taxonomy, to the uh, Sustainable Financial Disclosure Regulation, the SFDR. Does having a BREEAM certificate help you um, comply with this new regulation? 
Yes, uh, it will definitely help you. Um, we have uh, done a crosswalk with all the BREEAM uh, technical manuals and the EU taxonomy. And it actually shows that if you already have a BREEAM certificate, um, it depends maybe a little bit on the new construction or in use, uh, but it will help you to show that you are uh, EU taxonomy uh, aligned. So especially when we uh, launched the in-use uh, V6 schemes last year in November, uh, we made sure that it's been harmonized with the EU taxonomy. Um, so especially with in-use V6 certification, um, you can actually show that you are EU taxonomy aligned. We're making this podcast for an international audience. Uh, of course, the BREEAM certification is, uh, is international. Is there something that is uh, very specific to the Netherlands that international investors should take into account in terms of maybe local legislation or regulation? Well, the most uh, prominent one is actually the Energy Label C um, regulation starting at um, from 2023 for office buildings. Um, so this is actually uh, a regulation that's coming quite close already. Um, and in a study of the uh, National Enterprise Agency, um, it turned out that about 40% or 45% of the office buildings in the Netherlands do not comply with that Energy Label C uh, requirement uh, yet. So uh, we have uh, yeah, just about 11 months to uh, yeah, transform those uh, office buildings into more energy efficient uh, office building. Um, so uh, this, this can be a quite a challenging, but we're already seeing also that local authorities are um, contacting the uh, building owners um, with uh, the announcement that the energy label uh, C regulation is coming and that it will be enforced um, as well. What it means, I think, uh, maybe to explain to our international audience that from as of 1st of January 2023, all office buildings in the ne Netherlands have to be a minimum of energy label C. And if it's not, then it cannot be used anymore as an office building. So you cannot lease it uh, to your tenants uh, and it will become yeah, obsolete. Absolutely. Yes, that's quite a, quite a risk. And um, That's 11 months. That's 11 months. And uh, we're also seeing some plans to have a, a new regulation starting in 2027 or maybe 2030. Uh, but that's more on a European level to have a minimum energy label uh, for uh, all kinds of buildings as well. So... Um, Label C is just actually the beginning. If you're um, maybe renovating or investing in sustainable measures, uh, please don't take Label C as the bottom line, but go at least to uh, Label A because there's a very high chance that there will be a future regulation in place. Yeah, that's a good advice. What are the latest trends and developments in the world of ESG? To keep us updated, we welcome Iris Kampers, ESG advisor at Savills in the Netherlands, to inform us on the latest ESG insights. Iris, what would you like to share with us today? So what I would like to share uh, today, I would like to continue on what was just said about the SFDR, the Sustainable Financial Disclosure Regulation. Um, because as Peter said, we see that certain certifications are now trying to upgrade themselves to accommodate these different regulations that um, come into the market right now and that sort of challenge these financial institutions to upgrade their new norm. And um, what I think is really interesting is this really follows the basic pattern that we see in change markets or market change. Um, because we've seen the same thing with certifications in, for example, the coffee industry where at some point there were so many different certifications. You know, you had Oots, you had Fairtrade, you had Rainforest Alliance, and they all claimed to do something similar, but they were different. 
And people couldn't tell anymore which one was going to help them the most and which one they should look for. So um, March last year, Greenpeace published this report on, uh, they called it certification, no, certified destruction. And it was all about, you know, if we have so many different certifications, it becomes easier to go into greenwashing because there's always some sort of certification that is going to meet your needs without really challenging you to do the most. And what I think is really interesting about this change is that because it is now becoming the new norm, because it is legislation to have a certain standard in, cert in sustainability, um, we see that these different certifying labels are challenged to set a new dot on the horizon and where are they, you know, how ambitious are they going to be? Um, so my ESG insight of today is that we see that there's a market change going right now. We see that we're transform transforming into a different phase of market change and we should really keep an eye on these different uh, certification labels to see how far they are going to push us into this new phase and how ambitious we are going to be as a society to be sustainable. I think it's very interesting what you're saying about um, com the comparison with coffee. I mean, there's also, always when I go grocery shopping, there's, you know, lots to look for also in terms of, you know, health and, and sustainability and with your eggs and three stars, better life, things like that. Uh, but what do you actually look for? Do you think that maybe at this moment in the real estate industry, there's too many certificates? I do think that it's um, it's pushing it. We see that a lot of clients ask us these questions about, okay, so I have five different options in certification. Which one is going to help me the most? And I really like that Peter a couple of months ago already told me that the DGBC was working on upgrading their label to accommodate EU taxonomy and the SFDR. So, you know, that makes it a really good argument to choose for that one, to choose Briam and to go with Briam because that is going to help you in the long run. Peter, what do you think? Uh, I can understand it. It's quite, it can be quite confusing when you see all the certification instruments um, and uh, especially maybe you have different countries, you've got different labels as well. Um, so if you're an international investor who's uh, operation, operating in uh, maybe France or Germany as well, you've got some specific national instruments as well. So yeah, I think the the biggest uh, perk of uh, BREEAM or like, like LEED is, is that it's it is uh, global and uh, you can certify assets with that certification scheme everywhere in the world. And there's, this, there's a common language for those instruments and it takes all sustainability topics into account. So in the Netherlands, we, uh, we see that BREEAM is, is widely used. I think of all sustainability certifications, 90% of it is probably BREEAM. Um, so yeah, I think in the Netherlands, there, the common language is actually BREEAM, but um, yeah, we still need to to harmonize with an EU taxonomy or with other uh, instruments so that we can maintain that one common language. And perhaps also, if I can respond to that, looking at international investors that aren't um, too well known with the Dutch systems, you know, they always have this question about, do I go with Gresb or do I go with Briam? And what does it do in the Netherlands? And what is the difference? And to, you know, make sure that these people understand what the difference is and why this would be wise to do in the Netherlands. That's really, you know, our job <laughs> to figure that out, to tell them. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I think it all uh, comes together. We just need to make sure that those kind of uh, essential indicators are uh, aligned as much as possible. Thank you, Iris, for sharing your ESG insight with us today. 
For our next topic, I've invited a colleague to talk about a statistic from our Savills database which really stands out and which says something about ESG. Our guest today is Mark van Niekerke, head of the Building and Project Consultancy Department at Savills in the Netherlands. Mark, what is your Savills standout statistic? So by the 1st of January this year, we have about 633 buildings, office and logistics, which have received a BREEAM certificate. So that's the uh, uh, BREEAM certificate. If you look at the well, it's about 139 uh, buildings which received a well certificate. So looking at those figures, I think there's still a lot of improvement to be made. And if I hear that 633, and I think of all the commercial property uh, that we have in the Netherlands, it seems a bit low. Uh, could you place that in an international perspective? How are we doing? Now, if we look at international, we are quite high compared to, for example, a big country like Germany. In Holland, we have about 3% of the total uh, stocks which receive a BREEAM uh, certificate. If compared to what I just said to Germany, it's about uh, three times more compared to Germany. And, you know, uh, keeping the perspective that Germany is about four or five times bigger than Holland. So, um, yeah. In terms of stock, yeah. Instead of stock, so it's still, it's still good. You talk about BREEAM certificates. Of course, we have been talking about that uh, this entire podcast. But I also hear you mentioning the WELL certificate, 139 buildings. Uh, what is the difference between BREEAM and WELL? Uh, the, the biggest difference is that WELL is more for the, let's say, US market. It's a US certificate, which is mainly, um, um, uh, how do you call it? It's mainly, uh, uh, how do you say it again? It's mainly for the um, life science inside of the building. So it's more for the wealth in the building. It's more for the use in, let's say, the office space. That's the, the, the biggest change compared to the BREEAM. The BREEAM is more an all over uh, um, a certificate which makes evaluation of the complete building instead of only for uh, the inside, which uh, how people are using the building inside. So that's the biggest difference. And Peter, um, how do you view the WELL certificate? Is it a competitor to the BREEAM certificate or is it complementary? I think it's uh, definitely com complementary to, uh, to each other. Uh, like Mark said, it is f mainly focused on the health and well-being of, of the building and of its occupants. Um, so we call it actually a single-issue certification scheme. scheme. Um, and BREEAM and, and uh, LEED, for example, are multiple-issue uh, schemes, certification schemes, because it also uh, includes the energy performance, the resources performance, uh, the biodiversity uh, performances of the building. Um, yeah, so uh, in my opinion, uh, the multi-criteria building standards are uh, needed to um, yeah, solve all the challenges we are facing with the, the climate agreement, with the, the resilience um, that we uh, um, uh, need to, to face. Um, but definitely the, the well-building standard is um, a more in-depth uh, certification scheme for health and well-being. Peter, we're already uh, coming to the end of this podcast up episode. But not before I ask you um, about your dream project. So every guest, I ask them to fantasize about how their dream real estate project would look like. Um, how would your ideal building look like? Well, my uh, dream project will uh, definitely look like a uh, an nature-inclusive uh, project. Um, so we're seeing a lot of buildings nowadays with uh, wooden construction or wooden structures, um, especially in the new uh, building sectors. Um, but my dream project would be a very comprehensive and inclusive um, building with, with wood, with uh, all uh, natural-based, uh, bio-based uh, materials, 
which actually serves uh, biodiversity as well. It makes actually a positive impact on the environment instead of just doing less, less harm. Yeah. But let's go for a regenerative uh, building. So not only building a very sustainable building um, and being net zero, but also giving something back to nature, yeah, to the environment. And is there any example in the Netherlands of, of a building like this already? Uh, I think we're, we're getting there. Um, uh, I think the, there are some projects that are uh, getting very close. Um, of course, it's not perfect yet, but I think um, uh, like the, the Triodos uh, headquarters in, in Zeist, is a beautiful uh, example of, of building with nature, uh, but also building in a very circular world, uh, circular way. So everything is demountable and can be reused again for another building or another purpose. And would it be possible to sort of envisage uh, a city being built this way in the future? I believe so, yes. Um, I think uh, Singapore is already uh, um, achieving a very high um standard when it comes to a green environment, a sustainable environment, an environment where uh, there are not a lot of, of uh, polluting cars around, but it's really about slow transport just by walking distance and uh, bicycles. Um, so I, I think uh, there are already some examples out there and we need to translate them to the Netherlands. And I think uh, Amsterdam is doing a really great job with uh, getting rid of all the, the cars in the, in the city and make it more livable. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, we need to look very uh, smart into the mobility uh, challenge um, because about maybe 70% of the living surroundings is about the infrastructure. Um, so if we can transform that into uh, green uh, spaces or more, more public spaces or maybe houses as well, um, yeah, then we can create an, another different city. Thank you, Peter Gabriels, project manager at the Dutch Green Building Council. We've learned today that sustainability is an important asset in the Dutch real estate sector and that the Netherlands is ahead of the game. Uh, it's important to keep that position, of course, and um, yeah, you are working with that, on that uh, with the Dutch Green Building Council. In the next episode, we will talk about diversity and inclusion in the workspace. Please subscribe to this podcast when you don't want to miss a thing and give us a rating in your favorite podcast app. My name is Charlotte Harmse and this was No Stone Unturned.